Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. Today we're joined by leading Sydney apprentice jockey, Robbie Dolan. Thanks for coming to the show, Robbie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. Firstly, congratulations on winning another Sydney apprentice jockey title. How satisfying was that? Yeah, thanks a lot. It was, um, yeah, it was a big relief. Um, it was great to win it once, but to win it twice... You know, it's it's you know it's great to be even riding in Sydney against some of these boys, um, and hopefully it 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 it'll leave me in good stead for the future. And like you mentioned, that's now your second win of the Premiership. Was that a goal of yours to win it again? Yeah, it was definitely a goal at the start of the year to try and try and back it back it up. Um, I went into the season with only a couple of winners left on my two kilo, and. So I, I rode the majority of the season with a one and a half kilo and then the last two months of the season I rode with no claim. So it was always going to be hard to do it. Um, obviously the coronavirus restrictions probably made it a little bit easier in a the sense there wasn't as many apprentices to ride against in town. But it also made it harder in the sense that all the senior boys are sticking around for all these midweek races and... Um, it's a little bit harder to get the rides that you normally would when they'd go on holidays. So how much harder is it without that claim? Have you noticed much of a difference? I've noticed I've noticed the probably the quality of rides have just got gotten down a little bit lower, but um still getting plenty of rides, getting plenty of support. So um, you know, we'll just we'll just keep keep the head down and keep going. So tell us about your background. You grew up in Ireland? Yeah, I grew up in Ireland. Um have a racing family background. Grandfather was a jockey. My father was a jockey and worked in uh, worked in Dermot Wells for a year, so it was probably always going to be the path I was going to take. I went to the apprentice school in Ireland when I was about sixteen and learned how to ride there, um, and then decided to come over here in twenty sixteen. You've had a pretty good grounding in the racing industry, so tell us about how racing differs in Ireland and Australia. They ride a lot more tactical over here. Uh, I remember hearing people saying before I came to Australia, if you can make it in Australia, you can make it anywhere. They ride, they ride a lot more tactical here in Ireland. You know, they 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 go out um, and they just get their positions and and they slowly up the tempo into a race and and over here, you know, you kind of with all the speed maps and stuff that's going on, you know where everyone's going to be in the race before the race even happens, and that's that's every every jockey. Well, I know in the metro area, it's like that anyway. Every jockey knows what's going to happen in each race. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a lot different. Why is there such a difference between the two countries? Is it something that's just ingrained in the two countries? Yeah, it's definitely it's just the history. It's the history of the way the way it's been done. Um. I know Ireland's still very old fashioned. It's it's you know, it's 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 still very behind the times and there's a lot there's a lot that Ireland could learn off the Australians and there's a lot the Australians could learn off the Irish and the English. Um but it's probably just the way it is and it, you know, it'll probably be probably be that way for a long time. 
So what made you come to Australia? Well, I was riding as apprentice in Ireland, but I was struggling to get get many rides. And I had about five winners before I came over here. And I just really wanted to, you know, expand expand my opportunities. And um, uh, my jockey coach in Ireland um, was friends with Thomas Sadler, who's John Sadler's son. And he recommended that I go over and... and have a little stint in, in Melbourne and have a look around and um, sure enough I went over to, to Melbourne first and worked for John Sadler for a bit and sadly I couldn't get a licence there um, because we're in Victoria just have a, a bit of a different programme um, it's kind of a waiting list to, to get on the books over there but then I made the journey up to Sydney and just recently, the New South Wales Jockeys Association has been in talks to make it harder to come over here to ride. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, when I first started, I, was, um, I wasn't really sure what to think of it, but I think it's, they're just going to put a cap on it. You know, it's, it's, um, they probably put a cap of a couple of apprentices every year can come over. I think it's more so, so the jockeys don't just come over from England and Ireland and take up all the rides in the yep. provincial and country areas. Yep. Not so much the metropolitan areas, but look, we'll see how that goes down the line. I don't think anyone can go anywhere at the moment, so I don't think them plans will come into place for a <laughs> yeah. couple of years. And what are your immediate plans? You probably can't go back to Ireland anytime soon, can you? Yeah, well, at the moment I'm stuck here in Sydney, but this is where I call me home now anyway, so um, probably wouldn't rather be stuck anywhere else. So how else has COVID nineteen changed life for the jockeys? Yeah, it's look we get we get um um get the temperatures checked nearly probably twice before every race meeting, um and obviously the metro boys stick to their own people. We're all in the same sort of vicinity, and then the provincial and country jockeys will be in different rooms if they come and ride in the city, and and vice versa if we go and ride in the provincials. We'll be in a different room and it's just, you know, social distancing is in place and obviously it's very eerie with no spectators at the races. Um, they've just started to bring a couple of people back in now. But, um, you know, you just have to get used to it at the moment. Uh, I don't know what way it's going to be over the next 12 months, but this is life as we know it at the moment. I'd imagine it's a very tight-knit jockey's room in Sydney. Is it still very much that way despite the social distancing? Yeah, it's definitely like that. You know, you ask any of the jockeys in there, they're always looking out for each other. And, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it was like that before COVID-19. I'm sure it'll be like that after. So when you first did come over to Australia, did you have a mentor here in the jockeys' room? Anyone who sort of took you under their wing? Um, I, looked up to, I looked up to Tommy Berry a lot when I came over. I loved his riding style. And um, he's got such a different riding style to a lot of a lot of the Australian riders and he's one that really stood out for me I remember watching him over the years you know from Ireland but um, he's, he's such a good such a good mentor he gives you plenty of advice and not just me any of the apprentice there if you see any of them making a mistake in the city you see Tommy be the first one to walk up tell them what they've done wrong and congratulate them if they've done anything right Yep, that's great to see. And you're doing your apprenticeship under trainer Mark Newnham and you're managed by Wayne Harris, so a couple of great mentors there as well. Yeah, plenty of people to, plenty of people to, to look up to and, and to get plenty of advice off. Um, 
Mark's, Mark's a great man. He's a great trainer and just a great person, really. He's very fair, very fair to me. He's, um, he's a good boss and he'll, he'll definitely, you know, he'll always be my boss, <laughs> even after I come out of my time. Yeah. Um, and as for Wayne, Wayne's been struggling with his health um, ever since, you know, for a long time now. And I, I don't think I've ever known Wayne when he wasn't sick, but um, he's, been a, he's been a good help of mine. And same thing, plenty of advice and, and uh, put, turn him in the right direction. And you've also got another Irishman, Tommy Sherry, who's riding there in town now. So it must be nice to have another Irishman in the rooms. Yeah, Tom's a Tom's a great young rider. He's um he's really took off this season, first season riding over here, and um I won't be afraid to say I think he's one of the best. I think he's one of the best riders in in the room at the moment, and I think he's going to go places. Winning Edge Investments is an independent provider of tips, ratings, and betting education on horse racing and sports, recruiting only the best full-time professional punters and expert analysts. Does your tipping service offer transparent posting of results every day? Using an achievable odds recording method, do they offer a 120-page betting education pack with every membership? And do they provide a profit guarantee, loyalty bonus credits, refer a friend bonuses, and special insider discounts to valued members? If not, head over to winningedgeinvestments.com for a different, better experience. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. And you mentioned you outrode your claim not long ago. So how light can you ride and how much of an advantage is that to try and get big rides in the big handicaps? Yeah, I can ride. I can ride bottom weight. I, 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 you know, I can ride forty nine kilos if, if, if so be it in in them big races, um, and that'll definitely see me in good stead going forward um, in them big handicap races. And hopefully, I, I'd love to be considered in the same boat, sort of as Glenn Boss. He's he's for years now. He's been considered the best lightweight rider in the room, and. You know, I'd love to be. I'd love to step into that into that role when when Bossy finally hangs up the boots. At forty nine kilos, does it take much work to stay at that weight? No, I've always been a natural lightweight. I can sort of eat whatever I want, whenever I want, and um, I don't really stand up in the scales until I go to the races. So, what's next on your list of goals? Um, obviously, looking for that maiden Group One. You've had some good rides like Super Seth in the Doncaster. What are some of the goals you're looking to tick off in the upcoming season? Well, look, I'd love to. I'd love to ride a Group One. Any jockey will tell you that. Um, you just—it's just about getting on the right horse. Hopefully, hopefully we can get on the right sort of horse and then, at the right time, um, good horse will bring you a long way in your career, and that's all you need to get going. Thankfully, I've been—I've been lucky to be associated with a couple of nice horses in Easy Eddie and Splintex. Um, so, look, we'll just—I'll just keep keep showing up, and hopefully the rides will come. And is there any horses getting around which are exciting you the most in the coming months? Is there a nice horse which might make a Doncaster horse or a Metropolitan horse? Yeah, really looking forward to getting back on Splintex. Look, he's a sprinter, so he, his his main goals would be the, the sprint group ones um, in the spring. But he's he was very good winning the Arrowfield. I know he only won by a nose, but he's, um, he's definitely come back in good order. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him again at the races. And any young horses coming through to keep an eye on? I know Mark has a few nominated for the Golden Rose. Yeah, Splintex's little brother, um, horse called Six Gun. 
he trialed yesterday or trialed the other day Randwick he trialed quite well but he's he's had one one run now for one win at Canterbury and he's still doing a couple of things wrong but he's he's doing a lot of it on just raw ability and I know the whole family have just got better with age so I'm sure he's still got a lot um a lot in store Fantastic. And you've also attracted a bit of attention on social media lately um, for doing your race reviews and previews via video. Um, very insightful and very well received by punters. What made you do that? Um, look, obviously I've seen Oshin Murphy doing a couple of videos like that and I just, I don't know, I just felt like um, coming out of my time now, you know, it's probably a good way to stay relevant. It's, it's good, for the, good for the people at home. I'm, I don't say too much. I just keep it simple, what I thought of the horse and and whatnot. But um, I enjoy doing it and hopefully people enjoy looking at it. Yeah, definitely welcome content for punters. Um, also, there's been a lot of discussion on how many of the tracks in Sydney have been playing quite leaderish lately. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, it's been a little bit frustrating. Um Obviously, the last week or so, it's been getting a little bit better. Um, but in the previous month or maybe two months, it's just been leader-dominated sort of tracks, and you need to be kind of up on speed. If you can get your own way in front, you'd be hard to run down. Um, I mean, I never heard of a track-wise before in my life before I came over here. It just seems to be a, it's it seems to be sort of a a usual thing over here, but. Look, it's I'm sure it's it's not it's not it's not the track manager's fault and stuff like that. It's just the way it is. We've got a very very wet winter. Um, I tell you, I wouldn't like to be in the position there. And so, when you say you don't get track bias overseas in Ireland, um, what do you mean by that? Is it just not as noticeable, or is it just doesn't get as much attention as it does in Australia? Yeah, um, I mean, back in back in Ireland, you probably just wouldn't you wouldn't take notice of of any sort of a bias on the track, and um, you know maybe maybe there is, and I'm not looking into it as much as much as I saying, but uh, I've just noticed over here it's it's a big it's a big sort of a factor, um, maybe it's because it's so hot in the summer and it's been so wet in the winters, um, but yeah, look, I'm not sure now to be honest. And before I let you go, you've got a nice book of rides at Ramwick on Saturday. Anything the punters should keep an eye on? Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing peace of mind up to the eighteen hundred uh, on on a on a big galloping track like Randwick. Um, she was okay the other day, uh, without blowing me away. At um, Canterbury, I just don't think she likes the Canterbury track. She's been there a couple of times and has has failed every time. Um, but um, yeah, look, I, I, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing her on a big galloping track like Randwick. Great, thanks, Robbie. Well, thanks for the chat, mate, and all the best into the future, and hopefully you can pick up a few good rides in Group 1 races coming up and, and snag a big one. Thanks a million. At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com. Look at our membership options. 
make your choice and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.